0: I promise Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak-willed person I am. Don't regret this love. I'm a wonderful person. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 19 The heavens declare the glory of God, and the expanse proclaims the work of his hands. Day after day they pour out speech, night after night they communicate knowledge. There is no speech, there are no words, their voice is not heard, their message has gone out to the whole earth, and their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun, it is like a bridegroom coming from his home. It rejoices like an athlete running a course, it rises from one end of the heavens and circles to the other end, nothing is hidden from its heat. The instruction of the Lord is perfect, renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. The precepts of the Lord are right, making the heart glad. The command of the Lord is radiant, making the eyes light up. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. They are more desirable than gold, than an abundance of pure gold, and sweeter than honey dripping from a honeycomb. In addition, your servant is warned by them, and in keeping them there is an abundant reward. Who perceives his unintentional sins? Cleanse me from my hidden faults. Moreover, keep your servant from willful sins. Do not let them rule me. Then I will be blameless and cleansed from blatant rebellion. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my Redeemer. Our reading today comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning at the 22nd verse. Since you have purified yourselves by your obedience to the truth, so that you show sincere brotherly love for each other, from a pure heart, love one another constantly, because you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like a flower of the grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this word is the gospel that was proclaimed to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. While we we're continuing in our uh, in our study of 1 Peter. And I know we're taking our time. And like I said, it's important to do that when we're reading the epistles because there's so much packed into each verse practically because these epistles were written almost like sermons, uh, commentaries on particular uh, uh, things in the scriptures, particular events in one's life even. And so we have here, again, Peter writing to Uh, people that are strangers in a foreign land, exiles, right? Those who are in the diaspora, those who are not in the place that they know. And and so he's gone through explaining the reasons why Uh, We are to love, that we have been loved by Christ, that we have been washed, that we have been redeemed not by silver and gold. Someone has not paid a ransom for us that will devalue if the market goes down, uh, that it's been through his blood. And now we get to uh, this this last portion of chapter one, and it's a beautiful portion because what it does is it makes the gospel real. Not that it wasn't real before, but what it does is it takes the gospel and, and it, it helps us to, to be solidified in our own minds of what it is that, uh, God has done through Christ and what is the outcome of that in our lives. And so he, he sits here and he says, since you have purified yourselves by your obedience to the truth, uh, having purified yourselves by the obedience of the truth into into a sincere uh, love for for your fellow brothers, uh, you're being purified or set apart. Remember, we talked about this a little bit in the sense of purity not being uh, necessarily a sense of cleanliness, not necessarily a sense of of uh, absolute purity in in the sense of being set apart, having been set apart, having been made different by your obedience to the truth, by your uh, 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 willing to listen to the truth. The, The word for obedience in the Greek stems from the word to listen, to hear, to hear upon, And so having heard the word of truth, you you obey what it calls to you, which is you are you have been bought at a price. You are no longer your own. You have been set apart. That and notice that the only action on your part is what? To hear, to listen. And then that listening sets you apart. That word of God coming to you sets you apart. And so he says, since you have purified yourselves by your obedience to the, the truth, uh, from, from pure hearts, love one another earnestly. Uh, the, the outcome first of being purified, as I, as I said earlier, I skipped over a little part there, that, it, that it's brought us into uh, uh, a, a, a sincere brotherly love for one another. That 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 because we have been attached now to a new community, that that because we are exiles in a foreign land, but we have been made into the family of God by being grafted and adopted into his family. So we have this sincere, this, this, this proper, this this right brotherly love for one another, which is very hard to do in the church, isn't it? Because that's the weird thing about the church, is, is that although we will sit here and we will say that uh, the church is one of the most segregated moments in our week, uh, which is in part true, right? That, that um, oftentimes the, the church service itself is a gathering of like-minded people, not in the sense of like-minded in everything, but usually like-minded in the sense of they speak the same language and oftentimes they look the same which is true. Uh, It's a beautiful blessing when God knits together the people of God with all tribes, tongues, and nations into one church. Uh, that that's a wonderful blessing to have. I'm blessed with a church that that we have uh, members from uh, Japanese background and and Hispanic background. My wife's from Germany. Uh, uh, all all of these differing backgrounds. That that also we are we are a church that has been uh, molded together from very different backgrounds of Christianity, from from uh, Catholic and other types of Lutheran, Presbyterian, Methodist. Um, American evangelical, which basically means Baptist. Now, all these, all these different pieces that have come together. But normally, you walk in on any given Sunday, and apart from a couple of faces, they're mostly going to be white people. Just like uh, if we were to go down to uh, the the uh, Adelanto, Palmdale, Apple Valley, Victorville kind of area uh, down there, you you can often drive down this main drag and you'll see Korean church after Korean church after Korean church. Because the Koreans have, have, met, have, have come together as the family of God called within their own culture, within their own structure. And we tend to want to see those things as bad, though, because we want to say, well, it should be every tribe and tongue and nation in the church. Yes, maybe at the eschaton, maybe when, when, we, when Jesus comes back, at the end of Revelation, when, when they're all gathered together. Yes, that would be good. But for right now, we are stuck in this mortal coil of the fact that that we have our comfort zones, and it's unfortunate, I think. Uh, it would be a beautiful, wonderful thing if on Sundays we were a smattering of all sorts of different kinds of ethnic groups coming together and, and maybe having different languages spoken and sung in church regularly. But unfortunately, this side of the veil, apparently that's not going to be the case. So we have to live with what it is that we have in, in, in the church. But that doesn't mean that we are perfect, because the reality is, is that we come together as a church, and what you end up finding is you end up finding people with, they they might look the same. For instance, they might all be white, or they might all be black, or they might all be Asian, or they might all be whatever. But you're going to have different individuals in that group. You're going to have people who come from different political backgrounds. You're going to have people who've come from backgrounds that cause them to look at the world in a certain way, whether it be from a country club type background to a trailer park type background and everything in between Uh, from those who grew up on the streets to those who grew up in mansions in Bel Air, you are going to have a difference of opinion amongst people and it's going to cause people to look down on one another and even have resentment for one another being one who, who served in what we would call purple denomin- purple congregations uh, at the height of all this politics, where you would think that the old divisions of Swedes versus Norwegians or organ music versus band, band music would be the, the thing that would be causing uh, anger and strife in the church. No what we're discovering is that our churches are being torn apart because we've bowed down to the, the golden idols of, of politics of the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, whatnot. And, and we've sold our souls to those sorts of things instead of trusting in God and loving our brothers and sisters. And that's, that's part of this being set apart, that instead of following the ways of the world, Following what it is that the uh, 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 world says this is the way we should be doing things. Instead, what we do <laughs> is, is we should be ones to say, no, we're not going to be like that. We are going to step away from that. We are not going to trust in our politicians. We're not going to trust uh, in these, these systems that we've created that often fail us. Instead, we are gonna trust Christ. And we are gonna trust what it is that He does for us. And that includes purifying us and setting us apart in Him despite ourselves. And so we are called to love one another in the sincere brotherly love. But even more that than that, Peter Peter adds to it. That he, he builds upon that and he says. It's, From a pure heart, love one another constantly, or or how the the Greek reads, from a a clean heart, from a cleansed heart, uh, love one another earnestly, wanting nothing more than to love one another because you've been cleansed by Christ. You can't see yourself as better than another because you have been washed clean. And this is the point that he eventually gets to because he says, you have been, this, this is how it, re- it is read, in the perfect passive meaning that it's something that has been done to you that stands as having been done. You have been born anew. You have, have, have uh, been given new birth. You have been born again. It, it stands as true this is that truth that 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 uh that we hear that we listen to that sets us apart you have been born anew because you were dead in your sins by imperishable seed not perishable seed meaning that perishable seed we put in the ground and uh it dies and it sprouts up and gives us corn or wheat or whatever here he's saying that you've been this has happened through imperishable seed Meaning it doesn't have to happen over and over and over again. It has already happened to you. This is already something that's been done to you, and it's been done to you despite your sin. Actually, because of your sinfulness, it's had to have been done because you were dead in your trespasses and sins, like Paul tells us, and you have been brought to new life in Christ. And because of that, we have no place to boast we are called to love one another, earnestly deciding to love one another, because that's what agape love is. It's not a love with no conditions. It's a deciding love. It's a love to say, I choose to love you, despite your bad habits. <laughs> and this, this imperishable seed comes to us through a particular thing. Through the living and enduring word of God or or how the, the Greek reads through the living and abiding word of God. This word of God that exists forever. Which at the end of our reading he says this is that gospel that has been proclaimed to you. That you were dead and now you are alive in Christ. You're not alive in yourself. You are alive in Christ. And so is your brother and your sister in Christ. Love them. Because Christ has loved them. He has loved you, so therefore you love. And then he he does a a, uh, a, a quote from Isaiah uh, chapter forty, just to just to bring this uh, to completion. He says, "All flesh is, gra- is like grass; all flesh is nothing. It's nothing. We're all gonna die. You are worm food. You are church. You're gonna die one day. You will. You will have a funeral, or maybe you won't. I don't know." But you're going to die. Or Jesus is going to come back, one or the other. We hope for the latter, but it's probably going to be the former. You're going to die. You're going to go through the process of death. And more than likely, uh, unless God takes you in your sleep or through some accident in which you feel no pain, it is not going to be fun. And yet, Christ has risen and brings you life he says, all flesh is like grass and all its glory, like a flower of the grass, that the glory of this life, the glory of the human life, the glory of the fleshly life, the grass withers and the flower falls, but what endures forever? The word of the Lord, the word that he has spoken over the deciding nest that he's brought upon you in his love to redeem you, to buy you, to make us his, make us his own. through the imperishable seed of Christ's blood shed for you to forgive you all your sin. Rest in that church and rest in the fact that you get the chance to love your brother and sister, not because they're awesome or because you're great at love, but because of the fact that Christ has freed you to do so. That's the beauty of the gospel. You are not going to be judged based on how good you are at loving instead. Christ has freed you to love however you can in the way that you can. And all he says is, I've loved you. Go and love one another. Let us pray. Lord of all power and might, who is the author and giver of all good things, graft in our hearts the love of your name, increase in us true religion, nourish us with all goodness, and of your great mercy keep us in the same your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Well, church, go in peace, serve the Lord, and we'll see you next week.